I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It girls, we the itch girls. I got Jenny and Lindsay in this bitch girl. Make you move your hips while sipping gin, girl. Make you bounce your tits like it's a jig, girl. Like boom. This is Lindsay and that is Stella. And Stella is chewing away on her little toy. Go over so little specker. There might be a little bit of a... Jingle jangle before jingle she jangle. falls asleep. Yeah, but do you know what? She's a dote. Uh, girlies, tickets to Vicker Street are selling fast AF. Like hot cakes, girlies. Yeah, so if you didn't know, where have you been living? But we are taking over Vicker Street on the 14th and 15th of February 2020. Start, like the best thing about this is... Look, January's grim for everyone. Everyone's grim. No one's going out. Everyone's doing dry January. So it doesn't even have to matter whether you've got a fellow, whether you're single. Get some plans in early. It's always so nice to have a little bit of a night out planned for mid-February. We've all got paid again by then. Yeah. We're kind of over the whole staying in during January. We're back out, back at it. Spring is sprungin'. The misguider address is on. (laughs) And you're going to be out with us for Galentine's weekend because we are just wanting to rebrand Valentine's as Galentine's. So even if you do have a boyfriend, make sure to check in with your gals and like, you know, nourish those relationships too. And like, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to be talking about sex, dating, boys, slagging these all off and um, just having a great all night. Going to raise the roof, girlies. Raise the roof. So if you need tickets for that show, which you do need. If you don't have one, get your freaking hands on them. Go on Ticketmaster.com, search It Gals, or go on our website and the link is right there ready for you to get. So make sure you snap them up because one of those days is going to sell out and then you're going to have to reconfigure everything with your girlies. Or be texting under the picture because over a thousand have gone already. Like yes. 650 were gone in four hours. It's our biggest selling show so far. Yeah, so. Yeah. That's amazing for us, but also you want to be in on it because people are buying tickets for a motherfucking reason. And it's and, a deadly night. Yeah, and it's creeping up like no other. So as soon as you know, Christmas will be over and Weeks we will be flying. absolutely delighted, ready for our show. So get some plans in place. Cheer yourself up. You know, we all just got paid for Crimbo and all the rest. Throw yourself a little self-care. 26 euro. Ticketmaster.com. Thanks, gals. We've bought tickets already. So... We decided, because this is going to be a different new um, podcast, so we were talking um, between ourselves, obviously Jenny and I are in business together through it, gals, so a lot of our conversations would be about money Mm -hmm. as we're self-employed, and it is a topic that I think is not spoken about as much as it needs to be, and I think our generation are really confused about money, we don't know if we're ever going to be homeowners Mm -hmm. or how we would ever get there you know it's very like vague and it seems like everyone has these like this secret knowledge about money and I think with social media and our generation has brought a whole different level of like flexing and flashing so that Mm. it can be really overwhelming when you're like 
you can be sat at home and someone in your year is posting they just bought this like Chanel bag and you're just kind of like how it, it can just be really overwhelming and it's especially in Ireland because the country has only kind of come into money it's a young country in general mm-hmm. but we've obviously been through a recession and then we're getting like the boom is back as we hear like it can just be so confusing no one talks about saving no one talks about money management but people are all about flashing their cash and you know Lindsay and I have been both through like different journeys if you will in mm-hmm. regards to money so we want to kind of have it as a topic on the podcast maybe we can give you guys some help maybe we're hoping uh, in the new year to get on some guests like some specialists in the field kinda, financial yeah. kind of experts in and not in a boring well. way just in a way of like helping people because to be honest in an empowering way yeah. because what has been so empowering for us is being able to create our own business from home and see that we have the options to get like a big chunk of cash from this and from like curating your own um, thing Mm -hmm. and it has been so empowering and it's very much I think empowering to share that knowledge with other women and because there is nothing like the feeling of being financially stable yeah and um, you know I've been on a journey with that this year and I just think it should be something that's shared and that's what we want to do with you guys so you know you're not just focusing on the Chanel bag on Instagram but you're more focusing on your actual foundation and um, you know having that structure of savings and stuff that gives you so much confidence and freedom and is just banking for your future so exactly especially because like you know obviously I know that our our biggest uh, like listenership would probably be in and around like 23 to 26 and I think those years are like years where a lot of you might not have children yet you know you might be still living at home so you might be if you do have a job if you're lucky enough to have a job we are lucky in the sense that like when I came out of college there was zero jobs in Dublin so it's really Mm. good that like now a lot of people are coming out of college or even out of school and there is quite a lot of jobs and opportunities out there but you're in the prime years now um, to save because you are able you don't have as many outgoings so I think it's I learned how to save at that age and it has definitely benefited me and it's also like just integral years to try and learn teach yourself good habits because like the habits that you choose to kind of indulge in or teach yourself when you're in those early 20s years when you have the freedom and you know a luxury of being able to save more so than you will be in the future Mm -hmm. when there's a lot more outgoing Mm -hmm. probably um, so yeah if you kind of teach yourself and be strict with yourself with certain habits that you may not even know are going to so so benefit your future yeah so um, yeah and there's never there's never it's never too late to also start kind of implementing different rules Definitely. for yourself and like uh, so we just wanted to on the first episode of talking about money 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 is kind of go through our separate relationships with money and mm-hmm. how that came about so if we think say back to our childhood yeah um, how were you raised? How was money kind of? How was it around your like raising in your childhood? Um, money was kind of always uh, present in my childhood, and I like in a good sense. My parents were always very uh, strict around money, and made me kind of aware that money wasn't this just like incredible thing that just came and gone, and like gave you know mm. it was used for good things. I remember once when I was younger. I went to like the ATM my mom and I was just like I cannot believe you just put you just put a card in the wall and you got 200 pounds <laughs> and my mom was like yeah but it's my money and I was like what like I just couldn't comprehend yeah. it she's like that's in the bank and I, and I was like oh okay so my parents always kind of were very um 
transparent with me as if if I asked for something they were always very much like we can't afford that mm-hmm. uh, which I think was it at the time when you're younger you're like thank you but I think it actually gave me kind of a sense of a euro or a pound or a dollar or whatever you want to call it you know yeah. like how much that like although we are really privileged and have a really nice life that there are still things that like my mom and dad can't afford and that kind of trickled down in a later uh, time in my life where we always had chores and we always had to do chores to get our pocket money and mm-hmm. um, there were certain things we had to do and then when I was about 16 17 or so my mom was like look this is the amount of money we're going to give you for the week they gave us like an allowance and she's like if you want anything else you have to get a job and supplement it yeah so that was kind of my um how it was kind of brought up for me I guess throughout my childhood how about you my if I think of early memories of when like I thought of money and it would have been we were in Spain one year and I remember the receipt was put down on the table after our meal and I saw and obviously it was Spain so way cheaper than like restaurants here but I saw for like a family of six and it was like 100 and whatever and I was like whoa I never realized that like I just I never had thought of and then I felt so guilty of my parents having to spend all this money and then I remember asking for tearaways when they came out everyone in school had them oh, they were the thing they were super sexy because it was like pop 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 and I'm naked so that was huge in primary school oh massive because like it was around when like kissing was just coming in and you're like kissing you're popping your freaking pants off and I was like please mom you don't understand I need these trousers like I need them it's a social status and she was like okay how much are they we went into the sports shop and they were like obviously I'd had done everything it was yes. my first kind of like designer pair yes. of trues that I wanted and she was like are you serious <laughs> for one pair of trousers 30 pounds and I was like yes and it was like an outright no yeah and again with like you know pocket money here and there I'd be given like I'd never be like one of those kids who was like you know the girl in school who like, yeah we'd get like 10 euro and then the girl will come to the little shopping day in town with 50 euro you know yeah. it was never that oh, yeah, I, was yeah, al- yeah. I was always in the lesser scale and even though you know my dad had a good job we were comfortable my mum and dad again because of their faith they yeah. don't indulge and they yeah, don't overspend yeah. so I definitely always valued money and would mm-hmm. never take the piss and also my dad was made redundant when I was a bit older yeah. so that was a big lesson because our income changed and I noticed the house changing as and in your like, lifestyle would obviously have yeah. to you know adapt to that yeah and uh, yeah I think that I remember one time where that kind of happened myself as well was that uh, my dad was going back to college um, to do a master's of law and that cost like a shitload of money I think mm. it was over in England he did it it was like a kind of you know he wasn't over there all the time but he had to be flying over and back it was I'm sure it was a big chunk of change masters are usually a good big chunk of change mm. it was a private college too because it made him do it quicker and I remember I was swimming at the time and uh, everyone every, there was once a year where everyone would go on this like training camp for a week in Malta so you'd go like training and swimming and then there'd be a competition at the end and I went the year before with uh, like two people from my club because we would go with this other swimming club but this was the first year that my club was going so everyone in my club was going and my okay. mom and dad had to sit me down I, I was like and this is at a time and age where like you're a bit more conscious of like money being a kind of weird social status because mm-hmm. like especially in you know swimming or in school everyone's equal until money comes into the scale and you see other people's birthday parties or you see you know all those little things yeah, or come what in. they're getting for their birthdays exactly so I remember my mom and dad just having to sit me down being like we cannot afford to send you on that swimming trip sorry and I was just like I remember it just being devastating but Mm -hmm. like I think it probably 
as as I grew older, like taught me a better lesson towards it. I guess that I, I don't know if like if they paid. I always wonder like if they you know, fucking took out a loan and sent me. Like, I don't think I would have kind of acknowledged that then, like, my dad went to college and then he got a better job and then, like, we were able to do more things after mm. that, you know, that way. It's a weird fucking thing it that is. they'd bring in those holidays because I mm. remember that in secondary school, there was a Paris trip that I went on in fourth year. Best bloody time ever. Oh, but, so like, completely pointless. Like, yeah. yes, we went around to the Louvre and saw, like, the but, like, I can't believe that that's legal. Like you're taking all these freaking teens off to Paris so they can feck around and try yeah. and sneak in alcohol and like that kind of. It was yeah, just so it was bizarre. A six-year and it was trip such in a my big school. pressure of an expense. And then we do a ski trip in yeah. fifth year, which I didn't go on because that was like so expensive. Because you're also paying for the teachers. Yeah, of course. So it's like more expensive than and a regular they need holiday. A certain amount of teachers because there has to be like a certain amount of adults yeah. with kids to mind them and all this kind of shit. And it's such a weird thing that kind of creeps into you. And when you're really young, like under 12, 13, even maybe mm. under 14, you don't like you're kind of like, oh, I can't. It's less of a thing. But as you kind of get into like your later teens, I guess kids are just a bit more like aware that money can mean status. So it's very like, mm. <laughs> it's a way to kind of like one up each other and. It can be... And also, like, the popular kids in school, in my year anyway, the popular kids were, like, if you were rich and a bit cool, oh, yeah. you're guaranteed to be popular. Defo, because you've got the cool gaff. You have gaff. to work way harder to be, like, in with the cool gals and the cool guys. Yeah. If you also don't have, yeah, don't have the big gaff for them to come to or don't totally. have the, like, my mum lets me bring out the PJ every weekend. Come yeah. on. <laughs> You or know? like we can go down to my mum's chalet down in Killarney. Yeah, you or know, like my mum has a massive bar. She won't even notice if we steal the odd couple of bars. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like, it's it's a weird one. It is a weird one, money in general. And I notice even from Rilo now because, I mean, my parents never spoke about money issues with us mm-hmm. until later. Mm-hmm. They did when we got, you know, older. They'd kind yeah. of be like, you know, we have to sell our log cabin, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but like, um... Rilo is anxious about money. Is he? He gets so thankful, thankful, overly thankful. Thank you so much thank you, when I buy something. But okay. I've never really spoken about money to him or kind of made him aware yeah. of money issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think certain people have like different natural relationships with money. Oh, defo. I remember. So another thing my parents would always do was like when we were going on a holiday, they always like told us like to save our pocket money or whatever coming up to the holiday. So we had had our own little like pocket of money that we could buy yeah. like sweets and you know we'd save mm-hmm. like 50 euro and me and Louis would like get in some sort of saving competition over who could save the most but like Louis was always like and he's like he's not tight now I wouldn't consider him but like he was always so like at the end of every day he'd count all his money again <laughs> oh no way <laughs> every day he'd be like I know 42 euro and 10 cent left and I'd be like I've 20 left but I'd have all this shit and he'd yeah be like ha so like and that like neither of my parents are in any way like tight or would be like mm. make sure you don't spend your money like if we I remember we were in uh, Florida and we saved like loads of money for that me and Louis and it was the year when Beanie Babies were like a thing like oh, Beanie Babies loved those years and then it was always like we were for once the cool kids who went to America and you could get these Beanie Babies that oh, were like oh no special edition there is no way I got a shiny label Beanie Baby oh. so I remember we um we were both there and like uh, I think I was like considering buying one of those big t- beanie babies my mum and I, I was like oh they were like well it is like almost half your money for the entire holiday and I was like fuck it and I get it and like Louis didn't you know that way so yeah. my parents were never like don't but they were like just so you know you don't, you're not yeah, going to have yeah we each have money. our own natural inclination for towards sure. expenditure or whatever it's just yeah. something that's 
in you yeah it's, it's weird so weird like Rilo would be kind of the same where if his friends come over and they're like oh I've poor you let's go to the shops he has a couple of euro up in his wallet upstairs yeah. but he's like keep that quiet and I go you know the way <laughs> like he's just mad like that but um you know little things I guess have totally implemented like you know maybe got into his brain like say the other day I sent him down to spar I was like get me a pack of wipes there hon for the fucking dog and um, he brought up these water wipes which first of all like have no chemically shit in to actually clean stuff and it's just like they're like five euro a pack of wipes because yeah. they're like water only like, yeah, I used to yeah. use them on Luna's arse and um, I was like no get the Sparrow brand and he was like oh I didn't think they'd be good enough I'm like that's the point yeah yeah you know yeah. so maybe stuff like that but um in my teenage years, my dad lost his job. Yeah. And he was made redundant and it was shook the family because we always had like our, you know, it was never like the lap of luxury. Definitely was for other people, so for some people. But like, you know, in my community, yeah. it was like pretty regular. We had like, you know, a nice house. We had a little country home. We had um, holidays abroad every year and always a full fridge and just like stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. That kind of stuff. Um, and he was made redundant and it was like years a couple of years before he was going to be retired so and it was it like was, you read to note your dad was like the only your mum didn't work your mum yeah. was like staying at home with the kids my dad has never looked at a payslip he never knew how much he earned That's so insane he just he worked and my mum handled everything financial the accounts the mortgage the everything she's like an accountant like she yeah. helps me so much with my accounts and stuff she's so good at that but so that was my dad's role yeah the earner do you know and um so that definitely changed that just made me wake up in terms of like money yeah. and also in terms of like wow I saw my dad dedicate our whole childhood to this job yeah. that he hated he'd come back fucking hating like yeah. he, it's not like he was passionate about this job he had difficulties with his bosses you know disrespect kind of thing just jobby shit yeah, that, yeah, like yeah. I'd hear at the dinner table and um you know it was all for nothing kind of thing because he just got lumped off and he didn't get that retirement package and it was like you saw how like quick it could all be taken away kind of I saw how like wow you can't trust companies Mm. you know like I mean you think that you are I don't know you're working you're like so loyal to this job like he didn't go to college he built up built up um straight into that business and was there for like you know 25 years like so long so then um, let's fast forward a bit just to get through our life a little bit. So then Gosh. when you were, our lives probably were quite different. I'd say we had a pretty similar upbringing in a lot of ways. Um, but mm. you obviously got pregnant at 20, was it? Yeah. So that would have been, I'd say, a huge lesson for you because now all of a sudden you have, you had like left college and you were then had a baby. I had like, I was in my second year of college. Yeah. And I got pregnant, so I had to leave college, so I yeah. couldn't complete my degree. Now it was in NCAD, so it wasn't like, oh shit. But it's not to grow up very quick. It was just, it was like, you know, I definitely went to NCAD without any thought of a job yeah. afterwards. My only idea of a job was like, okay, I'll do the four years in NCAD and maybe do a H-dip to be an art teacher. That was the only, if like, you know, being a freaking modern artist didn't work out or whatever it was, you know, I had no kind of prospect of job. Yeah. So that definitely was something that, I don't think my parents really and school definitely doesn't gear you up for mm. like college and thoughts of like working you're like what do you want to study in college I was like art I like art yeah, but I yeah. never could I didn't foresee any job bar maybe a teacher but like 
those that's a really hard job to get yeah, you know yeah, yeah. there's only like two in every school um but yeah so then I got pregnant obviously and the degree went out the window and I was married or got married when I was pregnant and that was definitely pushed on me by my parents as a financially clever move yeah, because yeah, like yeah. you're protected more as the wife in our country and everything like that so I was like okay at least if we break up I'll have like be entitled to a certain like money or whatever um and he worked and I stayed at home and he was like just really bad with money okay um, and he had that car remember we spoke about it on the uh yeah. first episode with Lindsay's mom where she I remember you always saying like he was just throwing money in this banger oh my god he actually got a nice car yeah. but it was just so expensive because like he was always like racing it and doing oh, this man yeah. stuff and like even just simple stuff where like where we lived there was like a thing that you put in the window so you don't get clamped he would never put it in the window so we'd always get clamped in for like oh, 80 or and I'd be like god. stick it in the window that's the one thing you have to do stick it just in the leave it window. In the window don't move it yeah just have it in the little <laughs> thing and he was like oh it fell down the side again so you know just wasteful just getting himself in situations where it was like your money isn't going anywhere it's going to pay off this just stupidness yeah yeah, um and then we split up and he moved back to England and he hasn't given me any maintenance so that was a huge big wake-up call and really made me learn how to live without money because I was on the dole then on loan parent allowance and I think it was like 20 euro a day you're not given loads yeah you know and then I was on rent allowance and my parents, you know, a lot of Irish women with or Irish families, like the grandparents actually fully raise the kids while mm-hmm. the parents work. And that was just something that was like, I don't think that would have been an option. And I just don't think I would have felt comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of was like, Grant, this is my life. You know the yeah, way? Yeah. And at least I had the doubt. I was so lucky and blessed to be in a country where it offers help for women like that, you yeah. know? And... Because I had no qualifications. I'd worked odd jobs here and there. Do you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like nothing. I'd never ever been loyal to a job or, yeah. you know, I'd like get a little holiday job in Temple Bar. Yeah. Was not no. tell them I was going away and yeah. go away for like the rest of the summer. Like get a bit of cash and then go away. Do you yeah. know? So I never had that relationship with work of like. Building up yeah. and staying somewhere. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think then for me, um, I got a, my first job, as I said, my mom was kind of like, look, because I was getting into like Topshop and all. She was like, 
if you want to be spending like 60 quid in a pair of jeans or something my mum was like I'll give you like you know as what I think is appropriate and then if you want to if you want the stylish shit you can make up the rest of it yeah uh, so I had a job when I was 16 I was like working in this bead shop um it's a, it used to be um yellow lane yellow brick lane no 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 across from um the old joe brigger in crown alley beside grogan's um it was called i can't remember what the fuck it was called my cousin Eva got me the job she used to work there and i worked there for a whole summer and i spent all my money on frappuccinos every single cent because no. <laughs> Starbucks just came and me and my friend Maria were like obsessed with Starbucks because Britney Spears would drink Starbucks yes. and it was like 2007 or 6 2006 that was when like yes Paris Hilton Britney mm. they were always photographed with a huge big and there was prep. one one Starbucks the one on Dame Street the Ridge and uh, I would get paid like cash at the end of the day like 50 euro and then yeah. we would go and we'd buy like 10 euro 10 pack of cigs <laughs> and like frappuccinos and I blew all that money let's be fair but then as I got older uh, through college um, my mom and dad did the same thing where they would like they give me like I can't remember what they gave me I think it was like 50 quid a week or something like that which mm. was for like my t- bus ticket my bus ticket was like 25 or something and then like a bit of money if I needed food or whatever uh, but obviously when I was in Trinity that was when I kind of really saw like a difference a w- way bigger difference of like income or of people that I was mm. around because I think in and your class school, even oh totally like even in your school like there is obviously always going to be discrepancy but like you're usually all from a similar enough area so everyone's roughly around the same I, I always in my schools anyway and in my secondary school there was actually quite a variety of people there was mm. like some really posh Clontarf people but then there was loads of people who would come in who lived in like the council estates and Coolock and stuff and it, it was actually never really a big thing there everyone was kind of mm. cool with each other it was never really made an issue which was great uh, from my perspective anyway um but then when I went to Trinity yeah like I was like holy shit like because there's not only like really rich Dublin people there's also people coming up like from the country like a lot of people who their parents are paying their apartments and living on Dame Street and mm. I was just like whoa like this is crazy it's like unrelatable out of yeah and it just not being able to I found like when you find when you meet someone when you're like 19 20 it's so different to like growing up with someone who you went to school with because you kind of knew their family and all you know but yeah. in college it was just everything was so new so I ended up um not a lot of my friends had jo- jobs in college but a couple of us did and we all kind of worked in like retail jobs mm. and I think that um I remember around that time like my bank was really fucking weird actually the bank this is after the recession gave every student an automatic 500 euro overdraft without telling them so but you couldn't take out cash but you could pay it on your debit card so you could like chip and pin and like before contactless was there so you could go minus 500 euro in your account and I remember I was getting paid and all and then one day I checked my bank balance because I had like anxiety over checking my bank balance back then I'd be like yeah. again because like this I was also going out loads and I was that's what I spent my yeah. money on you know and I remember like once checking my account and it was like minus 200 and I was like no oh. and then it was like my whole next week's paycheck went to like pay off that Oh my and God. I was just like feels like you're putting money in the bin it was and I was just like holy shit so I think working through our college and stuff gave me a pretty good um, sense of security then I think what really the first thing that really kind of taught me how to kind of manage my money better was when I decided I want to go to New York and my mom mm-hmm. and dad were like they were just like look we'll help you when you're over there but like if you want to get there you're like you're getting there yourself 
Mm. you know that way so what I did was when a lot of people I knew were getting applying for like career type jobs after college I just worked in retail for a year and saved and saved and saved and saved and like saved all my money the visa was so expensive it was like I can't even fucking remember but it was a couple maybe three grand because you have to book your flights to them and then you also have to obviously have a certain amount of chunk of change to go over with Mm. and you have to have enough money to secure yourself that like you could be without a job for three months and the job you're supposed to get is meant to be an internship and I did my degree in fucking art history so none of them were paid so I think that whole experience taught me was probably the first time that I was like okay this is how you properly save and these are the kind of sacrifices you have to do to not be uh you know to ensure that you can do something in the longer run that you want to do you know that Mm -hmm. way like there was loads of like I didn't go on any holidays that year I didn't buy fucking anything to be honest and my mum and dad were still like made me kick up a couple of euros like out of my paycheck to them because they were like look this is the reality of of life you know that way you don't just get to save 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 without spending any of your wage on also living yeah like I think um I did have to learn how to like it's so like when I look back at only you know in Marino those mm-hmm. days which was like what six years ago seven mm-hmm. years ago you know that's when I was very much out on my own because I'd lived in Malahide which was near my parents so like they were still so accessible to me and I was living in my granny's apartment and then I got rent allowance and was you know in Clontar for fair view away from them and I had to like you know make sure because say when I was in the doll you get like a certain amount of I you get your rent allowance with you have to take a chunk of your doll and it you marry it to your rent allowance okay to payment. make up your thing <clears throat> yeah so to kind of teach you the doll yeah it's to kind of teach you that like you know you get this money from lone parent mm-hmm. but you have to like put some to your rent or whatever and um then obviously Christmas would come around and you'd have to just like, you know, I'd have to just figure out to save like more in whatever way. So it was very much like every single euro I had yeah. was so important. You know, I'd yeah. never have like loose change bopping around. Yeah, you save. You know, I'd like. go over to my friend's house and see like a random fiver just flung in the dresser. Like my money was so like... You knew where every being, beck and cent was. Yeah, it was like, you know, directed into every avenue. And if like, you know, I'd have the buggy or I'd have my bike with Rilo in the back. Like if I couldn't afford... I could only afford a certain amount of bus journeys a week. Do you yeah, know the way? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, all that kind of stuff. So it was just like every little thing was considered. Mm-hmm. And it did... It kind of taught me a weird way. I think Well, I was first angry because like... It made me really like infuriated because I got into this marriage because I thought I was going to be financially more like um, independent or or that, you know, it would guarantee that he would have to pay some maintenance Mm. because, you know, he's and not only to the son that we created, but like to me as his wife to kind of maintain a certain life for our son. But he didn't give anything. And he would always be like when I would email him he would respond back then and it was like you know oh I can't afford it I have to pay my rent blah 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 I have these outgoings and it was like it was just so mad to me that he could kind of not consider like you know imagine me being like to Rilo sorry Rilo can't feed you today because actually rent is paid yeah yeah so it just left this really weird like Imbalance. imbalance of me being like having no that never being an option to yeah. not provide but it and it made me really angry because I was like he's just like flaunting around and like I could see on Facebook and stuff that he was like out all the time so he 
did have money to like yeah. you know indulge and stuff like that and it was just really infuriating and still to this day that infuriates me because like I'm still waiting for the divorce and I'm not getting any maintenance mm-hmm. and they're not doing anything about it and you're just like stuck between a rock and a hard place it's just like that's just so random that you can do that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know way? and there's a kid involved like you it's know that way so it's not like you're just a divorcee looking for like because the marriage is supposed to protect like it's a state you know to protect the wife and mm. to protect a child especially yeah yeah especially it's like, a child because if you know if Rilo had two bad parents what the hell what yeah. did he do do you know I'm yeah, just like yeah, yeah. that's so mad um, now obviously the state protected me because you know they had to pay because he wasn't yeah. and I didn't have any like I mean I felt very much just like so confused as to what to do because like I had to just deal with you know I was like I just was like there was no guidance because I was thinking every job I get is going to be you know around a tenner an hour and that's how much childcare was yeah so I'd literally be working just to pay for childcare. When I just didn't could, understand yeah. how to ever move past that. Yeah, it was yeah. so weird. And I knew no other parents, and any parents I did know from, like my mum and dad's friends, are married and had yeah. like the support of a husband. You know, it's so confusing. I remember that period in year so much. It was just um, so weird. Like I was like, I can't work because I have to get the kid minded, and no job would provide that. Yeah, provide me with an income that I could survive. So you feel very much like just like you're lumped with a certain life. Yeah, it's, that well, it's you isolating because it's isolating with no way out a lot of the time as well. And then there's this whole thing of like, oh, well, then you could wait till Rilo goes to school, and it's just you're waiting around to to give you you and Rilo or you and your child if you're another single mother in that situation a, mm. a different kind of life, and it can feel frustrating. And I don't know, it was mad. So it just felt so confusing because then you know you are taken off lone parent and you put on job line uh, mm. when they are in school till half two yeah yeah, yeah. And that's when you have to you know be self-sufficient but it's like again that confused me because I'm like hold on what job finishes at half two that you can fucking provide as a yeah. single person a home and everything else that goes with living yeah so it just was very confusing money was very confusing of how to get it yeah and I never had it so and it also left me very reliant on the state obviously mm-hmm. and the doll was definitely like a huge comfort blanket for me because I was mm-hmm. like, without that, I would genuinely be like fucked on the streets. Do you know, well, you would have had to move home with your mom. Yeah, like that's what. I've, and you were at least lucky enough. You know, you were one of the lucky people in the world that like that would have been. If there was no other option, that would have been an option. And I just don't know how some people do it who like don't have their family. Like you know that way. And even and, like, me getting accessing the doll and accessing mm. rent allowance, they make it so difficult like yeah. I have my mom and dad who are like really organised and great with like printing out and organising all these forms I'm like baffled by that kind of stuff yeah. so I can't imagine trying to do that by yourself mm. with a baby you know and mm. lack of money to Ooh. even get to these places do you know the way like so to move the conversation along um, towards like nowadays what do you th- see What's something that you kind of see? Like, if we're going to talk about people, how they're spending their money today in our like, kind of culture and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I, you know, going back to the whole social media thing, I think our kind of generation now has a really skewed vision of, like, being able to afford something. That's something that kind of inspired you and I to do this episode because we were talking about, like, how our mum, like, you know, say back in the day, like, you know, your mum would, like, I'd love a new hairdryer. And they would just, like, 
that'll get asked for Christmas. Yeah. And there would be no, none of this like disposable kind of like, if I'll get out, buy it, if I'll get out, buy it. There was no treat yourself like for our parents' generation. There was no like, you know, it's just mad because everyone in my life, all the gals that I know, never know what to ask their boyfriends for Christmas, Mm. never know what to get for Christmas because they're continuously buying themselves luxurious items (laughs) all year. Like they're continuously every other week just dropping 150 on misguided or making a big purchase because they've done a bit well and worked that much, you know, like. Or not even just because they feel like it. It's constant luxury. Yeah. Um, Even whether it's just like going out for cocktails, going for brunch, you know, all these things of expenditure of our generation is so confusing. Like, even I remember I was looking at some uh, YouTube the other day about like they were talking about like the Chanel bag and how over the past few years all luxury items because there's such a huge demand for luxury items now the actual items are being made much quicker Mm. and less you know not as good quality as they were like if you bought a Chanel bag like 10 years ago like the craftsmanship is so much more oh I bet yeah and it's because Chanel and all those brands used to be for the luxurious type of person and like there wasn't that much demand, but now it's like everyone is entitled to. And the funny thing is bag, about that, you know? the funny thing is about that is that like Chanel also notoriously are like uh, one of the only brands that like every year increase their prices by a certain percent, and their bags go up in value a certain percent every single year. Like mm. they, not a lot of other kind of uh, luxury brands can say that. Um, so they're becoming more expensive, but they're also becoming more accessible because like it is now within for some reason I think it's sold to us through like reality TV and social media and all the rest that like that is an aspiration to like own a bag you know Mm. that way so we always put like I see I see so many like young ones and stuff like that on Instagram like buying these like luxury purchases that I'm like I know for a fact that like if that bag is real like they've dropped like two two grand minimum on it or one and a half k and I'm like they're 24 I know where they work say for example and I'm like that money I just I'm so glad that that is a habit I personally never got into Mm. I remember like I think I mentioned it before in the podcast but when I was in New York I obviously also worked I worked in a boutique and I remember it was like so American every week we used to have to have these like team meetings or monthly I think it was and like the guy who owned the company like he was real like American entrepreneur but he actually was very helpful for you in your personal life like he would always be kind of talking to us about like saving our money because they paid us really well and he would always be like I want you guys to be paid well so you can like blah blah I don't know I was loving it I was like brilliant keep giving me that 4% commission baby cakes mm-hmm. it was so good like you'd make like you could make like 300 quid in a week just on your hourly rate but then you could make like up to like a grand in commission because you were the only one working in the shop so all 4% of all sales for that wow. day were, were yours so it was actually a really good kind of like I'm going to sell shit stuff. today yeah. you know that way but I remember one day it came up that we were talking about like making money or saving money or something like that. And one thing he always said was that like that he was like your generation. He was only about about 10 years older than us, but he was like, you have a very strange uh, opinion on what affording something is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was uh, from an Asian family. And he always talked like how like Asians are, this is his words, you know, he was like, we're really good at saving fucking money. And mm. we're really good at like managing our money and managing our finances. And he said that, something that was always taught to him was that affording something means that you can also you could buy that while saving twice the amount of its cost at the same time whereas we kind of think of like I've got 600 euro in my account that Mm. means I can afford something that's 400 euro but his thing would be like say there's a bag for 500 quid technically 
your income can only actually afford it if you can buy the 500 euro bag while also putting a thousand euro in the in the savings account and that I remember was like such a good rule of thumb to go by because now if I'm like because technically like I've got savings now which is great for me because when I move home from New York my mum was like I just don't see the point in you going out and renting when you can stay at home work mm. for a few years and save for possibly having a mortgage um and I was so lucky to be in that situation but like you know now that I have a savings account it's like it could be if I was in that habit of like indulging in these luxury items I could still be like but I could literally afford a Chanel bag right now mm. but I if I look at it in a perspective of like how long it took me to save that like say the Chanel bag was six and a half grand which a lot of them are now can I also afford to spend six and a half grand while also putting what 13 grand in the mm. in the bank account no I can't so that's like affording doesn't mean you have that like exact amount of money in the bank what it means especially for like disposable purchases I'm not talking for like necessity goods you know that way I'm talking yeah. for like buying clothes buying shoes all that kind of shit you have to have a kind of perspective I think to keep you in line you know that way otherwise you can just get into mm. a habit of just buying 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 the, buying the thing with like money as well it's like so like when I was in that place of like only having like 20 euro a day and all that kind of stuff I got I, you know I managed it and mm-hmm. I still I was managing it well I managed to still go out yeah Rilo being fed Rilo getting his toys saving up for Christmas having my rent I never went under I never took out loans I never had an overdraft and those were little things that I like when I only had such a small income I made sure to only live with that income and never get an overdraft or just you know spend week by week and you know not ever just like randomly I'll just spend all my dull money on this because like feck it I need you know it was just like I was never that kind of person to like like obviously coming up before Christmas I'd like you know just be a bit more careful with food shopping because that was like one of my big expenditures then like the groceries and stuff but um now that I actually have a lot more money than I did back then I'm like wow it's so much easier to get used to spending than if it was the opposite way of where you have money and then you don't Mm. it's so much easier because like now that I have money I'm like wow there's so many outgoings that you can have and that you have to try and keep your head above water like and get used to it really fucking quick and keep it aflowing yeah. do you know like yeah. Luna's in ladybirds ballet swimming Rilo's in drums um, violin scouts yeah. swimming you know that's just their activities that yeah. like are a constant every other term you're putting like outgoing, yeah. so much money into those also I you know like to have loads of food in the house I like to keep the house warm whereas back when I was on the dole and not having money I would not have the heating on because yeah. I couldn't afford it mm-hmm. and I would just like make sure that we always had hot water bottles and coziness like that but now just I am used to something that I want to maintain and want to grow Yeah. so it's overwhelming when I was reliant on the state for so long to now be like wow this is all on me mm-hmm. and I get help from Jimmy and stuff but still it's like wow money is everywhere everything costs money like I remember only thinking about it recently I was like it's so mad that we have to feed ourselves and if you have kids kids three times a day at least <laughs> breakfast lunch dinner and snacks every day and food is so expensive it's so and mad growing kids who are always hungry yeah you know that way, my like, kids are snackers like they'll mm. have dinner and they're like I'm hungry half an hour later well and if they're doing a load of activities I remember my mum always said with Louie and I did swimming she was like you were like bottomless pits yeah she was like it was like almost you'd literally stand in front of the fridge being like oh please I know they're constantly just reading through the presses like not even knowing what they want so that is just like overwhelming to me but I have 
just I think when we first started making money with it girls I was like oh it's so fun having like the ability to actually treat myself a little bit you know and spoil myself and get things I wouldn't have been able to and access to like you know just a bit more luxurious things or whatever and that was great but now I've kind of really checked myself and be like I don't want packages coming to my door yeah I don't need these treats I have to re-treat re-teach myself what I learned when I was a kid which was like I waited for birthdays I waited for special occasions or Christmas to get stuff yeah I don't just because I earn my money and it's mine you know need to be treating myself or making kind of wild you know expenses or I think like the best thing that you can kind of like rewire your brain by saying like putting that money into a savings account is like a way bigger treat in the long run than having more security yeah having like you know obviously there's always going to be stuff that comes up oh my god Stella's paws going she's dreaming that's so cute like stuff is always going to come up that you might need like a new computer or a phone or like annoying things that do cost a chunk of cash but like you know what would really you know our, we're self-employed so our uh, incomings fluctuate month by month mm-hmm. so what is actually a bigger comfort to me would be having a savings account because if and one month something happened that I'm like okay grand instead of, of being like yay it reminds me of the like um, quote that Kate Moss said like nothing tastes as good as skinny feels like nothing no misguided freaking package tastes or feels better it gives you that like oof feeling yeah. Of having money in the bank, yeah. you know, cash in the bank that is like a structure, a foundation that like, you know, can is just going to be gradually growing and staying there. Yeah. Because you just, whether it's you want to travel or invest in property, whatever the fuck you want to do yeah. and have as a like, you know, focal point for your life. I think our generation has got so distracted by the now and like wanting, you know, the freaking outfit for the for the ground now rather than like the future people don't they don't care we're looking at we're looking at our lives I think from like the outside view where like we don't care if we are in the minus in our bank if we have that bag on our arm or if we look like we're living this certain lifestyle online but like from keeping saving and from knowing people in my life who don't save yeah I can just even for your own goddamn mental health oh the anxiety you know that way so I think we're gonna wrap it up here because uh, we're just on a tight old schedule but that is just the start of uh, this kind of series that we want to do and we want to obviously expand it but I think it's good to have you know Lindsay and I are both very much aware that we're from like lovely backgrounds all the Mm -hmm. rest like there is definitely a completely different perspective to every individual but just to give you guys a insight into how we were raised with money how we've kind of dealt with money throughout our 20s but on the next episode hopefully we'll have some experts in maybe we'll get some other people in who've like we'd love to get someone on who bought a gaff that would be I would love to get someone on who's and like who, managed to actually go through the mortgage system and yeah. like buy one but let us know if you find that interesting obviously but yeah I think if you it find is. this interesting we just want to be more transparent and like we said kind of sharing what we've picked up yeah. over a year of being self-employed and earning and figuring it all out and you know still the kind of fear that comes from being self-employed and mm-hmm. being self-sufficient but yeah just being transparent talking about things that people aren't talking about and regardless of your background the reason why we wanted to start talking about that as well was because if you trace back your background it might give you an understanding of why you are a certain way with money but yeah we're excited to keep on talking about cash moolah moolah so we'll be back next week another episode and until then see you later bye guys Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.